0: Alright, cool. Off to a good start. Oh my gosh. Streamer fail. Streamer fail. Alright, we'll start this all over. Alright, so, guys, welcome to our monthly show where we talk about movies, TV, and all that stuff and why we like it, why we love it, why we think it's the greatest thing ever. Um, Traditionally, we look at a movie that we see either on Netflix or Amazon or Hulu. um, Something that you can stream at home. You know, the barrier to entry is low and we can, you know, get together and talk about it and you know, digest the movies and stuff, because movies and TV are things that are important to me. I think they're great, I think they're fun, and I like to talk about it, I really do. I mean, before I had the job that I had now, I worked at a movie theater, I I sold tickets. My job was to hang out and talk movies with people and occasionally serve beers. It was a pretty rad job. And I still like to talk about movies, and I thought, well, what better way to do that than, you know, bring it with our Twitch community here, and get a chance to continue doing that and with as many new people as we can. And, um, but this is our first bonus episode. The reason why it's a bonus is because it's a brand new release and you had to actually pay to go see it. So we obviously took a look at Star Wars The Last Jedi, the latest installment in the uh, Star Wars saga, uh, directed by Ryan Johnson. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, but joining me today, uh, one of our subs exercising his sub perk to uh, join us here on uh, on the broadcast. Uh, Mr. Steel Mambat. Hello hello hello. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Steel Mambat is actually my brother-in-law uh, fellow clanmate in our uh, in my destiny clan. Um, he's an awesome dude and is a pretty big movie buff himself. so I, I'm excited to have him on uh, today. We just saw it last night. And uh, needless to say, I enjoyed it. Um, but I have uh, I have things that I want to unpack and discuss. Uh, Steel, what it what what is your like initial gut impressions before we start talking about Star Wars in general and uh, stuff like that? Gut impressions of the movie last night.
1: Yes. Uh, gut impressions. I was relieved in some ways because. After watching a couple of the previews and knowing that this is the middle of the Trilogy, um, I was pretty much anticipating that we were going to end in a very dark, in a very bad and very sad place. And I was hoping for the best, but expecting the worst as far as my emotions are concerned. Mm -hmm. And so, from after watching that in spoiler alert if you haven't seen it you might want to close your ears but um yeah to be anyone... honest
0: really like if you haven't seen the movie do yourself a favor come back in an hour when we'll be playing fortnite then but do yourself a favor don't be spoiled by this if you've avoided spoilers this long don't don't ruin it <laughs> don't do yourself a favor get a chance to enjoy the movie so I just wanted to get that right out of the way. We are going to dive full on into all things Star Wars, everything that has been released up to this point. And by all things Star Wars, I mean just the films, not uh, not the, the Rebels show or the animated series or the books or the comic books. It's just going to be the movies. So anyway, sorry. I just w- I wanted to get that out there and, and up front before we really start diving in.
1: Right. But so for me as a kid, I didn't wait in the theaters between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. So um, waiting with the the intense longing of oh my gosh what's gonna happen to Han Solo uh, that I didn't feel that like other people did probably that saw it in the theaters but now that they're coming out live and we're older I was afraid that if something if they had this horrible cliffhanger or something really bad had happened we we're gonna have to wait another one to two years to see what happened next but right. um and there was definitely some like really sad points of this movie but um, overall, the feeling of kind of hope in the midst of, of sadness was, was more or less a theme. And so mm-hmm. I re- that was like a relief, huge relief. And then um, even though I think it irritated some people uh, because there was so much in this movie, I also kind of liked it because I thought the movie ended about four times and it kept going. So as a Star Wars fan, I was really loving it because my movie kept going.
0: Hmm. I, uh, I do not disagree. I do not disagree. Um, so I guess kind of going into it before we start jumping into The Last Jedi, how did you how did you prepare uh, for this movie? Did you did you revisit some of the old stuff? If so, which ones did you watch? Did you watch
1: everything or did you just, so kinda I, just jump in? So I did not do as much prep for this as I would have liked. I watched uh, The Force Awakens uh, just the day before or two days before. And uh, and that's all I really did. I didn't get into... I watched maybe some of the early previews. I didn't watch any of the recent ones. And then I, ref- I pretty much stayed off of IMDb or any other social media where people were talking about the movie. So I didn't have a whole lot of uh, expectations other than just going into the movie itself.
0: Okay. For me personally, I mean, I, I kind of went on like a, a personal mission to kind of revisit all the movies as as best as I could. I, uh, I want, I didn't watch any of the prequels because this is just a personal opinion. I do not care for episodes one, two, and three, the, the, you know, the proceeding to the original trilogy. And I just am not the biggest fan of them. Um, I did enjoy elements of episode three. I did like seeing, you know, how Darth Vader eventually, or how Anakin eventually became Darth Vader. I liked, those moments and that setup and uh but there were some things that were a little bit heavy-handed like the frankenstein moment where he's finally full-on vader in the suit and has been you know healed up after all the or has gotten medical attention to deal with the volcanic wounds and all that stuff and it was like a shot for shot like homage to frankenstein although cute i felt like was a little i don't know unnecessary and so yeah. as far as i'm concerned i really don't i acknowledge them as just like a bit of a history lesson of like okay this is kind of anakin's beginning but beyond that and maybe a little bit with obi-wan kenobi as well you know his relationship to his master like okay i i like having that knowledge but i really don't care to revisit those films i feel like it's a little too too reliant on green screen at the time and a little bit doubling down on technology that maybe wasn't quite ready to take on that kind of workload But yeah, um, but I did rewatch all the original trilogy. I started with uh, actually I started with Rogue One chronologically. So most excellent. Yeah. And I, I loved revisiting Rogue One. And the one thing that I loved about that movie, too, is the the moment that movie ends, you know, with Vader coming down the hall, being all just full on Vader, like one of the few times we really get to see Vader be Vader, like this guy that is legitimately feared for being just a ruthless, powerful being. And we never really get to see it, him as Vader, but this time we did in, um, I'm to say this time, I mean in rogue one. And so what's he's awesome. In ba-
1: he's in full battle mode,
0: right? Exactly. And just that, that, that final just handoff scene of just the, the death star plans working down the hallway and people just getting, you know, you know, lightsabered up and force pulled and choked and, pulled and pushed and slammed and just this little death corridor was so exciting and so compelling and in a way kind of frightening like because it, it puts you in a moment where all these guys are in here guns pointed down the hallway they're ready to take on whatever's coming and like you almost see this like black cloud kind of filling an even darker section of it like there, there is something evil that has entered the room <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's almost like the devil has showed up and then you just hear the and then just, and the the lightsaber comes out and just hell breaks loose and it is just all kinds of terrifying awesome. I loved it so much, and then yeah. um, and then it it tees you up right at the beginning of a new hope. And when I left Rogue One for the first time, I'm like, I just want to go home and watch a new hope. And mm-hmm. I didn't, I I didn't you know feed that urge, but this time I did, and I gotta say it elevated a new hope to a whole new level to me i mean as far as the original trilogy goes it it had been my least favorite for a little while but with rogue one i feel like i have this extra you know meat like this extra like appetizer that really kind of like made the meal take off pay off a little bit better and well you
1: you understand you understand the momentum in the the urgency behind what's happening in a much bigger way than when you first see New Hope without Rogue One.
0: Right, exactly. And it, it really just, it set things up really, really well. And um, one thing that I also found interesting too was after finishing A New Hope and jumping into Empire, um, the production difference. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it, it was insane. Just the budget difference, the script, and, uh, but you could tell just on like a production value level, you know, it's better film stock. A lot stuff's in much better focus. Um, things just
1: look good. It, yeah. It well, looked I, a lot better. Alec Guinness, who played Obi Wan, I think he was one of the actors that was off, offered royalties. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he said, no, I want the cash because he thought this was, he thought. A New Hope was going to be a total bomb. Whoops. And, uh, oopsies. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, mistakes were made. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, yeah, you can definitely tell. I hadn't thought about that between the two movies. If, uh, we're not sure if this is going to be a, you know, a, a cult classic because of how bad it is. And then it becomes a cult classic for how, you know, how amazing it is in the story.
0: Sure. And, like, you know, 70s sci-fi movies in, like, space sagas and stuff had really, you know, they're like a dime a dozen and a lot of them have not done well. And so, I mean, he, Guinness was probably thinking like, okay, well, I don't really think this is going anywhere. This seems kind of dumb and well, look who looks dumb now. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it's also it's a good example too of like, you know, George Lucas being able to maintain, you know, merchandising rights and get all these just licenses and they're like Fox is saying, "Sure, whatever, just just take it. Yeah, it's yours. It's fine. It's crazy. <laughs> and then, I mean, just becomes this massive juggernaut. And then, um, and I loved Empire. Empire is still my favorite of the um of the original trilogy. It's as a kid, I liked Return of the Jedi because I thought the Ewoks were cool. And then I grew up and realized I was wrong. <laughs> and Empire <laughs> is the superior film. But I, I do I do like uh, Return of the Jedi as well. Um, fun fact: originally called Revenge of the Jedi. Or at least there ah. were poster misprints, or that was the original title, and then they switched it right before uh, after test
1: screenings, I think. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I think I still love uh, Return of the Jedi the best, except that now that they've changed the ending to incorporate the first three, it kind of cheeses it up. But I love the uh, I love how you go from like, like the. Uh, with Jabba the Hutt and the the battle at the, at the dunes with the monster that's consuming everyone. And then mm. you end up in this like tropical... The Sarlacc you know, pit. Yeah, and then you end up in this like tropical, you know, forest uh, mm. region with, you know, little teddy bears running around. And, uh, you know, just the different landscapes and the worlds that they created and, uh, and the speeder bikes, which was awesome.
0: Okay, so... Normally, we don't really, uh, I mean, we'll engage chat occasionally, um, just because I like to have as free-flowing of a dialogue on the show as much as we can, but I have to address this from Captain Steelbeard. He's saying the, the, the remake music is, uh, better. And, uh, he, he was happy that they took out Yubnub out of Return of the Jedi. And sir, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> and the reason being, okay, and this is even something, as I was watching it, I, I swear, Mrs. McFly is probably just rolling her eyes every time I say it, but I say it every time because this is my childhood. Damn it! And they messed with it. And the um, the ending to Return of the Jedi. Okay, I understand you need to tie in the prequels and you got to show the other cities, but don't change the music. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> and it's so different. And like, it doesn't even match up with the drum beats that they're doing and like the little bongos on the on the Empire helmets and stuff man that really just it bothered me so much because every time like when that scene comes up i could see it and I, I i'm almost preemptively playing the scene in my mind because i've i've watched that movie on vhs so much as a kid where i just i know what's coming and i don't care but it makes me happy that i know what's coming and then it's just like oh wait they did what's it what's this what is this and it's just it's always so jarring and um i don't know And then whenever they put Hayden Christensen in as Anakin, as this force ghost versus um, old Anakin, it's like, uh, why? And I think the reasoning is like, yeah, exactly. It's like, maybe the reasoning is because, well, he's, he's better or that's when he was still good. It's like, no, he became good at like the last moment before he died. Let him stay old because that was the final moment that he was still good, you
1: know? that's really funny yeah i remember him as he as he ended and not yeah that's interesting
0: right exactly and i forgot that they switched them mm-hmm. i always forget it too and when it happens it's like ah i don't remember if they did um if they didn't change obi-wan to either be ewan mcgregor or if they let him be mr guinness um that i don't i don't
1: remember. I, I don't remember either it means we have to watch it again. <laughs>
0: Probably, and I'm honestly going to. I mean, I just I, I love Star Wars. I can never get a much get enough Star Wars. And yeah, for me the, and I guess this kind of goes into um, before we start talking about Force Awakens and eventually you know Last Jedi. Uh, Steele, how was the first? What was the first time that you were ever exposed uh, to Star Wars? You know, a- about how old were you? Did you see it in the theaters? Did you see it at home? Did you see it on? I mean, just. Kind of go into that for me?
1: That's a good question. I kind of, I'm not sure if I remember the very, very first time that I saw it. I remember it, I, it's almost like it was always there as part of my childhood. I was little, like I was probably in elementary school. And uh, I remember watching it on VHS and we had the, the, little, the little VHS, mm-hmm. uh, you know, set. But before that happened, we would just, anytime I wanted to watch it, we go to like Blockbuster and or the local movie video gallery or whatever, and we rent the rent the movie, and um, I loved it so much because the characters are awesome, and there's like a sense of adventure, and there's all these worlds that they create, and you know, good versus evil, and it's awesome. And then, uh, and then when I was a little bit older, not in high school yet, but they re-released them the originals in the theaters and that was like super special to me and i went with Mm, my dad uh, because because we you know we didn't grow up where we got to see him in the theaters and that was really cool and uh it was interesting i didn't really have that much of an opinion in a negative way when they added all the digital scenes to the originals it was more of kind of fun just to see what other stuff that he had maybe thought of or wanted to add at the time that he couldn't because they're limited with animatronics and puppets and stuff Mm. uh you know, like, Jabba can't be mobile. You know, that that one scene at the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, uh, with Han, like, and, like, when yeah. they first meet him on Tatooine. I think originally yeah.
0: at the time, they didn't know what Jabba was going um, to be to like.
1: like, right? Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. I forgot about that. Like, but... they
0: thought he was going to be, like, a human. Like, he was going
1: to be, yeah. like, a, a
0: person, not, like, a full-on slug thing. Like, they hadn't fully decided what Jabba the Hut or what Jabba was going to be.
1: Yeah. But Star Wars was like truly a part of my life because, uh, you know, as a small kid, uh, I remember watching it. My dad saying, oh, yeah, these were great. I remember seeing them in the theaters and, yeah, oh, they even have books. And those are amazing. And and then uh, watching them in the theaters with my dad. And then the first uh, pr- three prequels came out and I watched all of those and then all the toys and the video games and the mm. cartoons. And like we lived and breathed Star Wars for like, I don't know almost the first two decades of my life so it was definitely like a huge part and uh we loved it
0: yeah for me the first time i saw it was right around actually the same time that i saw back to the future i got Mm -hmm. two very big just movie things dumped on me like within like a week of each other I i remember it very vividly i was with my dad and i think we went to like either radio shack or circuit city or best buy or somewhere and I was like six or seven years old, and they had just re-released all of them on a on a triple you know, VHS pack. And yeah. That was my first exposure to Star Wars. Yeah, and it, it was, was a beautiful just, pack. Oh, so good. And I just remember seeing him, you know, watching him with my dad, even though he just passed out and was just snoring through the <laughs> whole thing. I didn't care. I sat up, and I got closer, and I, I'm very much like you. I lived and breathed. Excuse me, uh, Star Wars. I really just could not get enough of it. You know, action figures and just you know playing with those, watching the movies. And uh, I had like an old TV like in my bedroom that had like a like a little VHS player built into the TV, and it had like rabbit ears and everything. Like it was a pretty yeah, it was a pretty bad TV, and it was like maybe <laughs> <laughs> it was it was pretty bad. But I could you know it still it played movies okay. And so in my room, I would just watch Star Wars. Constantly, and back right. then, and um, oh my gosh, it was just all I wanted to do, and um th- that's really just kind of what drew me in. And you know, I do kind of agree. I do like some of the stuff that they did, or set extensions, or things like that that couldn't have been done at the time, or I don't know, they lacked that that possibility. And also, you know, some of the restoring was nice. You know, I got to see those in the theater as well. So that was my first time seeing Star Wars in the theaters. Was during the re-release with the changes right Um, that was that was an experience it was really cool and i I was glad i got a chance to 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 have that moment and have that moment as a kid um it it was really rewarding Um, yeah for sure but uh but out of the three of the originals what would be
1: your personal favorite the originals i still think i like uh return of the jedi the best i i think i like it because it kind of is like the culmination of of the plot line that's been playing out through the three movies Mm -hmm. and so you get to see kind of everything uh like come to fruition and you get to see you know darth vader uh finally like make a good choice and and uh and they have that epic battle scene with the emperor and you know han is freed and it's like all this action and good stuff happening and the teddy bears attacking the ATATs and exploding <laughs> them. It's just
0: so it's so good. Um, and I, I know we may get some flack for this, but personally, I say ATAT, but I've also been told it's at at.
1: Ah uh, yes.
0: Yes. And yes. I I think it just depends on your I think it's a generational thing. I really do. Because like, okay, the two-legged walker is an ATST. So oh, yeah. See, you wouldn't call I was it a, actually, an at actually... or an at saint <laughs> or something. No, it's an atst. So that would mean the bigger one is an atat, right? right.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I say. Yeah. I think that's logical. Yes, yes, we must <laughs> we must be logical about this. Yes, I was totally. actually concerned as I was saying. I was like, "Wait, is that the atat or the other one? Oh my gosh, what am I saying? <laughs> but,
0: yeah. And so but, yeah, it's one of those things where like I've I've been on on shoots where we've talked about star wars properties and that that is something that inevitably comes up and i'm like one of the only ones and i'm also the youngest one but i look at everybody i'm like you're you're wrong you guys are just wrong <laughs> you're all old and wrong you don't know what you're talking about you're dumb and yeah <laughs> so you i personally say, say it with AT, your AT. face but i don't understand you that's right like, i don't know what jargon you're saying but i know it as an atst
1: that's funny
0: yeah exactly and so yeah there's there's a few people in chat that are agreeing as well so that's good we are right
1: yes not
0: at at you're wrong (laughs) i don't care and i know there's famous people that would say otherwise but no this this is america this is america (laughs) and it's (laughs) atat anyway um so force awakens absolutely loved that movie so good yeah it felt like a love letter to anybody that was a star wars fan it just oh my gosh it 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 had a lot of the same beats and flows of the original movies which some would say was playing it safe personally i loved the hell out of it i felt like there was a lot of heart there was a lot of soul in force awakens and we actually watched it together on uh saturday the day before we saw uh, last jedi and uh One thing that always kind of stuck out to me with, uh, with Force Awakens was, um, the characters and this thing that, you know, director JJ Abrams has just a really solid skill with, you know, being able to really pull the, I don't know, just like something special out of his actors. I don't know. Like, well, with lost.
1: I mean, he mm -hmm. focuses so much on the story and the people and he loves it and you can totally see it in, in Force Awakens.
0: Right. And also too, like you could tell this was a movie made by somebody that loved star Wars. Yeah. Somebody that really, really liked star Wars a lot. And I mean, and what was also kind of fun too, you know, with, with Ray, you know, this, this person that I, every time I see her in force awakens, I just see this, this, this little girl inside an adult body, like a, a kid, you know, putting on the helmet after she has her dinner, like in her destroyed at at that she lives (laughs) in and uh but she's like looking around she's got a little like straw rebel pilot doll in her little her little home and slides down the hill on like a piece of scrap like a kid would do like hey how am i gonna get down this big old sand hill now i'll just slide down like i'm on a sled like that that's that's a very like kid like thought process and right and then and uh just with everybody too like with poe dameron and finn and all those new characters that we got introduced to, I I connected with. I, I was excited by them. They had such this, ide- I guess you could say there was like an idealism inside of them and it was contagious. There was this energy there, that they all had.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's like an innocence to all the characters uh, and like an idealism where, you know, uh, the, like Poe, you know, is excited about the rebellion and, and believes in his cause and 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 Ray and Finn are like just getting in into the thick of things, and, and their friendship, and there's kind of that kind of like excitement and giddiness about it, which makes it really fun to watch.
0: Exactly, and I just I enjoyed the hell out of Force Awakens. It was fun.
1: Yeah, I think my favorite scene in the whole movie is the opening, not opening, but the uh, the first sequence where they're flying uh, the Millennium falcon through you know through that giant chase scene and i was like this is amazing Mm -hmm. because they could do so much now with the graphics that they couldn't do in the old films even though those were amazing you know but just the the nostalgia of seeing it fly and then Mm -hmm. watch them get excited as they're piloting and then flying through the the massive empire ship it was just it was so beautiful in every way
0: right and also too like one thing that I appreciated about Force Awakens too was the seeing things shot in a different sense. So like watching, you know, Finn from the beach when they're attacking um where Moz is. Like where Finn and, and Han and Ray are all there trying to, you know, get set up to go onto the next part of the journey. And you're on the beach over over Finn's shoulder, and you're watching Poe Dameron just pilot his X-Wing around and just you know, f- literally flying circles around TIE fighters and just blowing stuff up and gunning guys down on the beach and flying by. And you just see this like it- it's just totally different. Normally we would just we would fly behind the X-Wing and watch it do his right. thing. But now we're watching it from the ground, from a character's right. perspective, who is also in awe like we are of just like, wow, right. look at him go. And it's it was so different from, from a star Wars movie. And I really appreciated, um, I appreciated just the the new vision, like a fresh set of eyes, but a fresh set of eyes that also loved star Wars.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And also the ability to bring in new characters without reducing the old characters,
0: right? Yeah. And I guess you could say too, this movie is kind of the, or force awakens was kind of the proverbial passing at the torch of, right. you know, bringing the new characters in, acknowledging their agency, and then kind of continuing with them, and then I guess you could say the ultimate passing of the torch was in uh, Last Jedi, of, you know, now the journey continues without some people. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah, yeah, seriously, we're getting basically into, like, your final spoiler check. If you have not seen Last Jedi, this is kind of your your last call for uh, being spoiled, so yeah at this point you're doing it to yourself and you can only be mad at, you can only be mad at you you can't be mad at me anymore. don't look at the lies yes so um anyways without further ado uh we'll kind of dive into our uh our discussion of um of last jedi but before we do i'm gonna toss up the uh the teaser for last jedi as a bit of a refresher for everybody so I'll go ahead and get that queued up for you guys.
2: Let the past die. That's the only way to become what you were meant to be. Darkness rises. Someone to show me my place in all this. Come on! This is not going to go the way you think.
0: So that was from. Star Wars the Last Jedi, the latest installment in the Star Wars saga, directed by the wonderful Ryan Johnson, uh stars uh Daisy Ridley, uh John Boyega, Mark Hamill, uh Oscar Isaac, and uh the late Carrie Fisher. Um kind of the plot summary here, uh as you know per IMDb, Rey develops her newly discovered abilities with the guidance of Luke Skywalker. Who is unsettled by the strength of her powers. Meanwhile, the resistance prepares to do battle with the first order. So, uh, this movie picks up not too long after, um, the events of the force awakens. So the resistance is, you know, basically what we now know of, the. Uh, it's basically the rebel Alliance, but kind of, they're on the ropes here. They're not doing so hot, even though they've kind of, they've kicked the death star and they've, Join or they've destroyed Starkiller base but they kind of are in a um an odd an odd spot and uh they don't seem like they're uh winning particularly well and so uh the beginning of this movie opens up you know with um a fighter attack or there's there's an escape actually so it's you know Carrie Fisher with um as you know as Princess Leia and uh, Oscar Isaac as um, as Poe Dameron, and they're trying to they're basically their base is under attack, and they're trying to get out. And we see maybe one of the first few changes of the, and maybe what is kind of a theme of the movie, where there is this call to maybe not blindly follow your leaders anymore, or maybe your leaders have a uh, a bigger plan, and they're maybe not wanting to share it with you. I don't know. It was one of those things where I was just kind of like really, I don't know, irked by that a little bit, but, um, but anyway, Oh, we'll get into that in a second. But overall though, uh, my initial impressions of the movie, I did enjoy it. I have some gripes, but overall though, I, I had a good time with the film. I did enjoy it, but it was very much a different star Wars movie compared to, um, films that have preceded it it is drastically different um it's uh not as heartwarming it's a little bit somber and um i don't know to me it it didn't quite feel like a full-on it didn't feel like star wars in the sense that i'm accustomed with um but that seems like that was the intention
1: Mm mm-hmm yeah it was interesting I feel like the overall so kind of what you said that you loved about uh, Force Awakens I think why so many people loved it is because it was kind of a you know like you said a love letter to Star Wars fans like it it was a nostalgia dynamic Mm -hmm. you know where people that that love and cherish the original trilogy they kind of get that feeling again of oh yes this is amazing and they do some things new but a lot of it is kind of um, honoring the original story and the original characters, and and there's this newness to the characters and a lot of hope to the characters. And I feel like in this movie, the over, over, one of the over- overarching themes is kind of like it's almost like a a maturing of the of the characters, where Poe Dameron, uh, you know, even though he's the best fighter in the galaxy, you know, arguably his his decision-making is challenged by his leaders and is the viewer. You don't really know which side of the the fence you are, right? You kind of back him up and you're like, well, maybe he's wrong. And Mm -hmm. I feel like, I feel like the movie makes, it forces you to do that several times with each of the characters to decide whether or not you agree with their decision-making or not. And you kind of watch the character make decisions for good or bad throughout the movie And kind of see those choices play out as they're kind of growing up. So I think that's kind of like a hard thing because um, it's not, I mean, it's hard to watch people make choices when they don't always work out the right way. And Mm -hmm. when you see, especially when you see the bigger impact of it. And so from a story perspective, it's really interesting. And, And I think that was really cool that they did that but as far as how it fits into the regular Star Wars movies and the feeling of it, it, it is very different.
0: Right. And to me also, another thing that felt, um, very different as well was the, the scope of what was, um, of what was happening, like the, the way things, the way combat was shown, the way, you know, we saw like machinery, the way that we saw, um, uh, you know, things fighting Even though we're seeing very large things, everything still felt kind of small, scope-wise. I don't know. To me, that's just like a a personal perception, but um, it felt like we were looking at, um, like like during the bombing of the Dreadnought uh, scene in in the very beginning of the film, um, we spent a lot of times like uh, like with Poe like you know very much kind of like how we were talking about with force awakens you know seeing it in a in a very different way and watching them um, you know see us from a, a, di- a different perspective but seeing him move but now we're spending a lot of time in the cockpit and we're just kind of just watching him you know shuffle around his um, his pilot seat and and stuff like that and then also the idea of um, of challenging stuff and then not trusting your leaders, um, was I mean? At the same time, like I, I think that's kind of a cool idea, but it felt like it was done um a little bit in excess in this mm-hmm. movie, um especially with uh Laura Dern's character uh, playing um oh gosh the Vice Admiral Haldo. purple hair, yeah, purple hair. Uh, even though yeah, purple hair is cool. That to me that was that was a very distracting costume choice. But Laura Dern, there, Dern's to, there was has great. to
1: be a reason,
0: but. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, if you're going to give us a reason to give Laura Dern purple hair, I mean, come on. And I've also been told I haven't seen Twin Peaks, the TV show or the movie, but apparently her character has pink hair. So Laura Dern has now had pink hair and purple hair in two very prominent roles, which is pretty funny. Captain Steelbeard says he calls her vice admiral hot topic. (laughs) Well, I guess that's cool, too. And also uh, another thing that Steelbeard said that I thought was a pretty interesting point was uh, he thinks the major message of the movie was the hero, ju- the hero's journey is dead, and heroes and villains are the same. Um, it did feel like there was a little bit of commentary on, I think, uh, tradition, the hero's journey, the past of Star Wars, and then the future of Star Wars. I think a lot of the stuff that kind of unfolds within this film is we are ready to leave everything behind and, uh, we kind of don't really need anybody anymore. It's kind of how it felt to me.
1: Um, so I would agree a little bit, but I would also disagree. And here's where I would disagree. It's so there's spoiler spoiler. There's, there's a scene where, um, the, uh, the ancient, like more, I don't know what else to call it better than like the library or the, the church of the Jedi, right? Goes up in flames. And Yoda and uh-huh. uh, Luke are having a conversation about it. And at first, I was thinking, "Wow, this is kind of the dismantling of the ancient order and all that kind of stuff." But mm-hmm. one of the things that I felt like Yoda was espousing is that uh, is that it's not things haven't changed so much. But I feel like he was trying to uh, to set free an over adherence to the structure. And so, and so I normally would have, and I think the thing that, that Kylo was more or less saying is that, you know, that heroes and the villains are the same and they kind of show that, it, you know, the, the weapons come from the same place and it's this, just this two sides of a coin, that kind of a thing. But, right. but it, the way that the movie ends, um, there's definitely a line in the sand between the two and, and there's kind of a regrouping. And Kylo kind of takes his solo approach. I'm going to do this on my own, even to the extent of a of, uh, mutiny within his ranks. And then you have the rebel side that draw together and build off of each other. Yeah. And so I think it shows kind of the two approaches to how, to how, they, to how they handle it. And I think it shows that the heroes, um, that, you know, we can't do it alone. And I think that's kind of what they're trying to show with Poe with him taking like the lone gunslinger approach. I'm going to go in and no matter how many people we lose, we're going to destroy the ships. And I think that the message they're trying to show is that kind of like that's a not-
0: like a polar opposite Han Solo. Instead of wanting to run from a fight and self-preserve, it's still being like a, you know, a crazy gunman shooting from the hip, but instead of self-preservation, like overly wanting to to fight for the alliance, like almost at too much of a cost. Or regardless right. Of yeah. The cost.
1: Don't don't be a kamikaze. Right. Live to fight another day. Look at the long game, and uh, we may lose this battle, but we'll win the war at the end of the day. And so, anyway, that's my thoughts.
0: Sure. And I I do agree with what's going on. And honestly, too, like with with Ray and Kylo Ren, you know, with you know the the betrayal of of Snoke. Literally, I, mean, I don't know if he was quite stabbed in the back. He was kind of stabbed in the side. But I mean, literally having a, a coup within the First Order, within the room, was a hell of a turn, something I did not expect. And especially in the way that yeah. it was done was was so cool. Like, hearing Snoke, like, close his eyes, and he's, like, he's he's watching Ren um, go through the thought process of what he was going to do, like, talking about how he's getting ready to activate the lightsaber, and then just... And you just hear it just... You just see it, Luke's lightsaber turning, and just goes right through him was was so cool and then you know that whole fight sequence with i'm assuming were the knights of ren the other jedi in training that uh that uh that ben took from luke's temple and then the rest were killed uh per luke as according to luke um i'm assuming those were those students because um, i think there were six in the room because i think there were 12 and so there were 11 that were still there um he took six and then they killed the other five i don't know if that's if that's true or not it wasn't clearly stated at least to me um but one thing that i do find interesting is and even like we know when they're fighting over the lightsaber we're looking at two sides that are trying to accomplish more or less kind of the same thing just much like what you were saying steel but at a, a very very different approach Right. Um, one, you know, is trying to go through essentially he's doing exactly what the Empire has been doing all along. It's almost like a no change. It's just a change of the guard or the name is changed. Right. But more or less the vision and the um, the uh, the path remains the same. It's just a different different person's at the driver's seat. Whereas right. with Rey it's, it's, um, it's similar but different to the Resistance in the sense that She is acknowledging that um, maybe the Empire isn't straight up the enemy, maybe trying to strike real balance and come together with Ben and be, you know, like, see eye to eye and then try to have, uh, like... Atrice, like achieve like some sense of symbiosis or something, to where, much like the island, you know, when Luke is talking about the Jedi island on, the, fi- on the, the original temple, you know, there's and with like, you know, with Rey going through her little force feeling talking about how she sees life, she sees death, there's decay, but there's life growing from decay, the island is existing in life, but there's ocean waves trying to crash against it to break it down, but amongst it, there is there's balance for every, everything that's living, something's dying. And so, but there's, it's, they're in harmony together. And I think Ray sees that. And so maybe what her ultimate approach is going to be is trying to find a way to have the darkness and the light, um, achieve that kind of symbiosis. Um, but amongst the people throughout the galaxy, maybe that's like the ultimate goal that she's chasing. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but
1: yeah, and maybe also she's thinking that like, uh, the, the death in, in Kylo's, uh, Kylo Ren's life, it Mm. from that, from those ashes, like new life can like spring forth. And I think she's thinking that like, she has this like, uh, idealistic hope that he can be saved and he can be turned. You know, just right. like with Vader, just like with Vader, and then um, she
0: even said that's why she must go to him because she thought she had a vision that if she goes, he could turn back, he could come back right. to the light. She believes right. it. and I don't know if she still believes it after what has well, unfolded. But
1: and one thing I did like is that uh, even though she's much more kind of angry and aggressive in this than the Force Awakens, mm-hmm. she still she still maintained her hope. Uh, Which I really do like because she was like definitely a symbol of hope in the first movie um, where she, you know, against all odds, she's going to believe the best in people around her and in the cause and all that kind of stuff. And so even with uh, Kylo Ren making his own decision, she didn't let that taint her uh, ability to hold fast to that. And I really liked that.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, it it was inspiring to see her maintain a sense of uh, purity and, and zen and centeredness despite what was happening around her, which I guess in a way, you know, makes her, you know, they almost treat her like a master in a sense. Like, you know, when she's on the island, you know, with Luke there, she she's already coming across as someone that already has great control of the force, even though has only recently tapped into it. And now she, yeah. she is the only living Jedi. And I guess um, through through Luke, she might be able to continue her training and become, you know, the future of the Jedi and whatever that means. And um, I guess that kind of, you know, on the topic of Luke, um, I guess we could talk about, you know, what happens with, with Luke Skywalker. Um, you know, how we're introduced to him and ultimately what becomes of... Um, you know, the legend of the galaxy, as they, uh, as they call him in the film, you know, as someone that's, that was starting to become myth, but then, you know, makes one final last, uh, interesting, uh, interesting goodbye, um, to a character that, you know, has been, you know, beloved and, um, flawed, but also, um, still ultimately good, despite temptations that he had along the way. Um... I do, uh, I find the way like that he dupes Kylo Ren and you just <laughs> and to me, like when we first see Luke inside that bunker and he's got the the brown goatee and a shorter haircut I was like, did he really just clean up just for this? I was <laughs> it's like, a little,
1: it's a little hair dye Yeah,
0: and I was like, gosh, what a lazy edit This is really bad, <laughs> some producer needs to get fired and that's like, oh, wait a second and then you find out it's it's Luke projecting an image of himself across the galaxy to, to pretend fight Kylo Ren was epic. And that honestly,
1: epic yeah,
0: I gave an internal clap for that. I was like, OK, that's that's a pretty cool, you know, display of the force being able to actually project yourself in front of a lot of people's eyeballs at once. That's pretty amazing. And, and to, um,
1: to give the kind of tip-off, you know, the nonchalant, you know, kind of catch-you-later move that he did at the yeah, end. Yeah, like, was good awesome. try, bud.
0: Peace. See you later. And he just disappears. I thought that was cool. I thought it was neat. Um, yeah. Oh, and uh, Steelbeard was saying um, Luke's image was designed specifically to look uh, like he did the night before he killed Ben. So I guess like of that age I guess to trigger Ben's rage I guess that, oh, that's I guess that, I guess that makes sense it's pretty like it's pretty sinister <laughs> it's kind of yeah. rude um, but at the same time though it was cool and ultimately I guess the amount of uh, effort it required you know ultimately cost Luke his life but I guess in the manner of which that he gave his life it allows him to pass on very much like Yoda did and I guess almost like Obi-Wan as well you know, yeah, just,
1: giving his li- giving his life for something that matters so he can be at peace cuz he was hidden and just wanting to die from feeling like he had been ineffective.
0: Right, and you know the whole reason that he had just gone to that island was to run and was to die. He exiled himself intentionally from just the the burden of feeling like he was a failure that it's his fault that um, that Ben became Kylo Ren that half of his students were butchered. By his other students and like that they tore themselves apart. He feels solely responsible for it in a way. It's not totally his fault. Um, and I, I, it was interesting to kind of see the different perspectives of Kylo Ren and Luke going through, um, what happened.
1: Yeah, I feel like that part of the story was actually very JJ Abrams esque. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know kind of the the different you get to see the different plot lines and you don't really know who to believe yeah like he Um, said
0: she said kind of thing like you're not quite sure who to believe like who's who's fully right who's really telling me the truth are we gonna see the truth or are we relying on one person's account versus another and kind of stringing our own truth together
1: yeah but i liked i liked them showing kind of the humanity and the struggle of of luke and how he um you know was struggling with okay i did this i did this amazing thing whether by design or by luck i'm not really sure but now i'm this superstar jedi Mm -hmm. and i i need to act like it and so you kind of saw that the toll that it took on him and he was trying to be the the hero and then when this tragedy happens he blames himself for not being strong enough when really you know it wasn't like you said it wasn't really his fault it's just you can't even the you know the strongest of jedi you can't control other people completely
0: exactly it's almost like there there is still free will and even though ben it appeared to luke that he was going to be making that the, the wrong choice and go to the dark side i guess ben internally had not made that choice and luke just drawing his lightsaber was enough to to tip the scale like he was his heart was that fragile at the moment like he was right. he was ready to tip right and um in a way that's sad and then kind of like the events that have unfolded with with kylo ren you could almost say he's now gone from well is this saga this section of the star wars universe in this storyline is this going to be the redemption of kylo ren and i think what we find out now in the last jedi is probably not um he's not gonna go the same path as his grandfather invader and become horrible and evil and then turn back i think he might be going down the path of just permanently you know putting himself in in the dark side and just you know everything ending and ending in a negative sense for him i don't think he's gonna i don't i don't know if we're gonna have a a redemption moment for for Kylo Ren or, or Ben Kenobi anymore. I think he's. I don't think he, it's gonna work out for him.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because uh, Ray said the same thing that uh, uh, Han said in Force Awakens. You know, it's it's not too late. You can come back. And you know he's been given multiple options uh, to come back, and he he always chooses the power and the because he thinks. I don't know. I don't know if he's if he's fooling himself or if he really believes his own crap. Of you know this this is the way it needs to be when it's really just a power play for him
0: Mm -hmm, exactly and it almost feels like too he's now at a point now where he is finding comfort and solace in the in just this rage and in in the darkness he now feels like i don't know it's it's it makes me sad to see it because you see these moments when they're when they're kind of like I guess force meditating with each other where they're right. um, almost able to touch and they are you could see and I, I want to say it's genuine I really do I want to say that that there still is a conflict within uh, within Ben and I think it's gonna lead to stumbles with him as now the new supreme leader of uh, of the First Order I think it's going to well, cause hesitation with him, and I think it's going to saw- ultimately dismantle him.
1: Yeah, you saw the scene where he he took his finger off the trigger with the uh, the rebel uh, frigate that was carrying Leia, right? And so they showed different scenes like that where he made a choice towards a softer, uh, less uh, dark side of himself. But whether or not that's the remnant, or you know, he kills it. Uh, at the end we'll have to wait and see right exactly but for sure it's gonna it's it's already I mean, you can see there's uh, you know dissent in his own ranks of people that, that don't <laughs> agree because they see how fanatical he is and unhinged you know about wanting to kill uh, Luke and you know mm-hmm. s- snuff out the, the rebel alliance
0: yeah and um Another thing, too, uh, another thing from uh, from Captain Steelbeard. He said he's just waiting for Hux's sudden but inevitable betrayal. I don't know if Hux has the, um, the balls or the confidence to go against um, someone who can literally fling him across the room with their mind. I think he will blindly, he will follow whoever is in charge that has the force because he is... Um, He's just—he doesn't have the the power to stand up to somebody in the same room like that, even though he's willing to talk down to any you know Imperial or First Order soldier. I don't think he would uh, betray um, Ren. if he does. He does. Oh, man. He does have
1: the drive though, because he walked up and unholstered his his blaster. You know when he thought when he thought Ben was out. And yeah, he was. He was, he was maybe he, about
0: to shoot him just to be sure he very quickly holstered that <laughs> he did he did that's a good catch and um i did i did kind of find it funny that um that uh Gleeson gleason became kind of like our Ar- Domno doom or domino however
1: you say it is good i don't know
0: i don't know but anyway the, the gentleman that plays general hux um i do like that he kind of became like the comedic relief a little bit in this movie
1: right got slammed against the wall and yeah like yeah, he just he became possibly. like this
0: physical humor dude but a very serious guy beforehand i thought that was that's was kind of fun it's it's different a little unexpected um yeah and then i guess kind of going down the the cast sheet here um i thought carrie
1: fisher did a did a great job uh with leia i agree with you yeah i was it, impressed especially because i didn't feel that way in force awakens i felt like she was kind of one of the weaker ones Right. And I didn't realize they were going to center so much of the movie around her. And when I found that out, I was like, Oh no, I know. But, but to I think she did great.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, just during the film, I was looking for face replacement and I, cannot, I couldn't see it at all. I could not tell if, and when it happened. I know they did. I'm, I know she had at least a scene that was big that she unfortunately didn't get a chance to, um, to film. Um, but, I could not tell when that was. I could not. Uh,
1: Unlike the Man of Steel's mustache.
0: (laughs) Yeah, very much unlike that in Justice League, so I've been told. Um, Oh, and then um, John Boyega as Finn. A very different Finn. A very different Finn from before.
1: Um, Yeah, I think two of the characters that were most different in this movie was Poe and Finn because you see them kind of changing a lot and doing decision, making different decisions than they would have in the first movie. And then Mm -hmm. also, and then afterwards struggling with those decisions. Right. Like in,
0: in force awakens, you know, Finn is, and there is elements of it. Like, you know, he's always wanting to run. He does not want to go toe to toe with the first order period. He just does not want to, he's terrified. And rightfully so he was kidnapped as a kid. He was tortured and brainwashed and forced to fight in a war that he did not want to fight, and fight for people he did not want to fight for, and so I can understand his willingness. Um, he, um, but in in Last Jedi, he um, he seemed a little bit more confident despite being in like a coma. I don't know. It, it
1: was pretty different. Um, yeah, I think they're. I think they. So what's interesting about this movie is they, they basically ran like four or five uh, uh, parallel uh, storylines all at the same time, hashing back and forth. So you had like almost the origin story, not an origin story, but you know uh, a story, a full-on story for each one, kind of a climax and change and, and fall and then redemption kind of part for each of the characters. Mm-hmm. So they had a lot to, to cover. And uh and I think with him, I think he's a good I think he's a good actor, but his his character is a lot more uh bull in the china cabinet type character. And so he's a little rough around the edges and sometimes when he has confidence he has too much confidence and doesn't really know what he's getting into until he's in it and then he's oh crap, where's the exit? I know. know?
0: And he's just always just like trying to like you know nonchalantly cover it up like oh yeah you know just uh yeah i'm just checking this stuff out how are you <laughs> and, yeah and things like that and just trying to like just pass it off like it's no big deal and i, I thought that was still kind of fun but he felt a lot more confident despite you know what per- perceived to me like not a, not a lot of time or he hadn't been conscious very long um when he shows up naked in that little leaking bag <laughs> and just whatever it was really funny Um, but then, uh, I thought Andy Serkis as, uh, Snoke was awesome.
1: That was excellent. And I could not, uh, like typically when I hear him do voice roles for other people, I can usually hear a little bit of his, of his core, uh, voice. Mm -hmm. And I really could not, I, I believed hook, line and sinker that this was Snoke. I couldn't hear Andy in it at all. Yeah. And,
0: uh, I'm sure he motion capped for it as well. I mean, he's he's the kind of person i doubt would just sit in a room and just speak i i would believe he was on set during during the filming um right but i one thing that i found interesting and also kind of kind of goes in line with you know maybe it's you don't need to go the old way but like we don't really get to know much about snoke at all even though we finally are now in the room where we get to see him we get to see this big puppet master in the back ironically andy circus also a puppeteer uh, as well which yeah. also i think is kind of ironic um uh, but um this guy that's in charge and we just literally cut right through him and cut to uh, the
1: chase yeah literally just put
0: <laughs> him and we don't really get much with him at all or it's not much as i was expecting and um you know in a way i was a little bummed i was surprised um But it uh, it was still kind of cool, though, like I was still very comfortable and I liked the way that that uh, that that sequence played out with Ren and Ray and Snoke and the Knights in that room. I I thought that was uh, a very unexpected take on what we traditionally would have expected from previous Star Wars films where there will be a great temptation, there will be a fight and then someone's going to escape at the last moment. You know, yeah. we, did, we didn't quite have that. And if anything, what was even more unique is we got to see, you know, the polar opposite sides of both Jedis fight not against each other, but with each other and yeah, on the same the, side
1: for a little the bit. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? Exactly. And that, that
0: felt very true. Like, okay, you know, Ray clearly doesn't like anybody in the room. They're, they're bad guys. And Ren is like, I see an opportunity here. I'm going to take it. And for that brief moment, there's this understanding of we're on the same side for just a brief moment. And, um, and then I guess this, this kind of reminded me too with, uh, with Ray and Ben. And I know within the film, they talk about, uh, her parentage and her origin and how they are, they're nobody special, but this is all coming from Ren's mouth And it personally makes me think that that may still not be true.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a lot of, I think there's like a lot of power. So obviously like names are a big deal and heritage and all that kind of thing. And I think there's a lot of uh, power that comes from knowing where you came from. And especially if there's a heritage and legacy that can be passed on, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think he intentionally torpedoes any chance of that by telling her what he does to keep her in a subservient state because he's been training for all these years. And then all of a sudden she shows up and can take him head on almost toe to toe. And so I think he's, I think he's afraid that if he doesn't do something to keep her down, that she's going to pass him up, which I think is why he takes the move to take out Snoke personally. I,
0: I like that. Per- I like that perspective because I, I read a couple reviews today and one of them was on uh, slash film.com and they, they were briefly talking about it. And specifically that segment where you know, and we we talked about this earlier in our in our discussion of Last Jedi already, where um, the idea of legacy and what came before, what preceded Star Wars, and kind of the traditional flow, using your word, using your phrasing, you know, it's being torpedoed, it's being blown up. We don't have to do it this way anymore. Guess what? We're not doing it this way anymore. This is a new way. And mm-hmm. so part of me is like. Is, is conflicted on how to, to perceive the information that was given to me in the movie. Do I accept what Ren said and say, okay, Ray truly is nobody, but has an incredible strength with the force. Or is he like with, uh, with your observation, is he holding the cards close to his chest and is trying to keep her in a position where she won't, uh, look into it anymore because that might awaken her powers even more and then, you know, maybe ultimately pass him in ability and then mm-hmm. u- ultimately lead to his demise because he didn't manage it or didn't, you know, capitalize on a moment. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. And I want, and this, this is the other thing as well. When they were able to force, like, see each other, like, during their meditation, like, actually able, they could say they could see each other. Rey was able to actually see where he was and like his surroundings and him totally. Whereas Ren could only see her and could see her completely, but couldn't see anything around her. The only other time that we were shown this and we were shown this in the movie. Luke and Leia were able to do the same thing or at least able to communicate with each other directly. Right. They were linked. They are also siblings. Ray Ah. and this and to me this points another to me this is another check mark or another thing to put in the list of hey maybe Ray and Ren or Ben Ray and Ben are indeed siblings but nobody wants to tell us yet I don't know maybe that's the special box or that's the secret that JJ is going to pull out in episode 9 I personally hope that that's the case it's one of the things I was hoping to see um but it um it may or may not happen i want it to i really do and that that's kind of the fanboy in me hoping for it but based on that as well it's like that's that is an example of you know characters being able to communicate with each other in that way but i don't know and uh, steelbeard in chat saying uh, my theory is they're half siblings And so if they were half-siblings, I mean, who would the, how would the parentage be? Would it be, it would have to be a, a Skywalker if they're trying to still go along the lines of, um, you know, the force being strong in people's families.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I don't know. That's gonna, that's gonna be an interesting play, but I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, I'm really excited to see uh, how Abrams will take this I'm kind of glad that he took a step back on this movie so that mm-hmm. we could see a little bit of a different uh, different perspective in the middle but I'm also glad that he's helming it up in in the next one to kind of finish out this trilogy because I think he I think his hands have kind of been in the mix anyway throughout this whole process so I think he's he's got some tricks up his sleeve personally
0: mm-hmm yeah and ah, gosh and i and kind of just we're kind of getting to near the end here but um i also thought you know del toro's character was very interesting it very much felt like the collector was inserted into uh into star wars yes, but, with a di- but with like a different quirk instead of like you know just this like hannibal lecter style thing he had tourette's and yeah but i still <laughs> i still found it very interesting i thought he did a great job um I, uh, the brief appearance that we had with Maz, I thought was fun. I hope we get to see what she's doing, what she's fighting and how that's, how that's working out for the rebellion. I hope we get a moment for that. Um, and I am looking forward to episode nine. You know, I, um, I did enjoy this film. I did not enjoy it as much as, uh, force awakens, but I appreciated what we got. I'm ready to see what happens next. Like I, I, I want to know where we go from here. kind of where yeah me too
1: me too yeah i think i agree I'm i'm ready for the the next chapter and i think that i really actually very enjoyed this movie but i also anticipated it that it would be very sad and Mm heart-wrenching and i think because it had a little bit more hope and a little bit more humor to it near the end i think it made me enjoy it even even more than i thought i would right so
0: well, already, guys, that's going to kind of that'll do it for us uh, for us today on our uh, our bonus episode of A.V. Club. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you are uh, if this is your first time here, this is a monthly thing that we do. Um, we traditionally do stuff through either Netflix or Amazon Prime, things that are streamable. Uh, this being a bonus episode because you had to go into the theaters. Uh, we will be doing our next official normal episode on Friday this week, uh, the 22nd where we'll be taking a look at gremlins and other holiday uh, films and stuff like that, which is available on Netflix this month. Um, And before we wrap up um, steel, man, where could we find you on the internet? If you, uh, if you have anything that you would like to shout out, what'd you say at the end? I was saying, if you, if you have anything that you would like to shout out, like where you can be found, if you want to be found, or if you just want to remain uh, anonymous. Oh, that's a good
1: point um i will have to find a home in this new galaxy that i'm embarking (laughs) you can sometimes
0: find him lurking in chat he sometimes stops by and hangs out with us here on twitch
1: yeah yeah for now that'll be good and then i'll find a more permanent place
0: (laughs) and uh guys if this is your first time here if you're listening to this later we do record this and broadcast this live on twitch so twitch.tv twitch.tv captain mcfly uh, you can also find me on uh, Twitter at Captain McFly TV. Uh, you can also uh, Google um, myself. You'll probably find me if you just Google Captain McFly. You'll find me. Uh, we are pushing this stuff out to YouTube and also out to uh, iTunes very soon. So if you want to catch us there, if you uh, maybe didn't want to be spoiled, uh, you can uh, you know re- listen to it later. And um, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys hanging out with us this evening. And Steelman, thank you for uh, for hanging out and for joining me. I hope we uh, can get you on another one very soon.
1: Absolutely. I, I loved it. I uh, hope to be hope to be on again very soon, and may the force be with us all. Yes,
0: yeah, so and may, may the force be with you guys. Take it easy. I'm going to close things down, and we're going to switch over uh, to playing some Fortnite, and I'll see you guys in a bit. Thank you.